is Miracle in Motion, part three. And uh, get ready for the Word of God. And Matthew chapter 2 is where we're going. Uh, this is our third part in our series about the Christmas places. And so I'm going to read out uh, of the book of Matthew chapter 2, 13 through 15. It says, When they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. I feel bad for Joseph. Like, I mean, he's just a normal carpenter. And then, like, all of a sudden, his world's been wrecked. He has a 15-year-old fiance that said she got pregnant by the Holy Ghost. Now he can't sleep through the night without a, an angel showing up in his dreams. And so this happens again. He says to Joseph, get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night, and left for Egypt, where he stayed until the death of Herod. And so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet, out of Egypt I called my son. I think Joseph and Mary, we've been talking about their story and uh, having fun injecting ourselves in their narrative. Uh, but it's interesting, they have baby Jesus, and, uh, and, and it, it, they have, you know, the first Christmas, which everyone likes to argue like Jesus wasn't born on Christmas Day. Can I help you with that? Who cares? <laughs> yeah, that's like, you ever had something come up on your birthday and you had to celebrate a different day? Yeah, it's just celebrating it. They didn't forget you were born. So it's just, I just helped a lot of people right now, just in from the beginning. Just like, take off that guilt. It's like, let's this, this just celebrate it. it, it it's this, this first thing, I mean, Jesus is born. Now an angel shows up again, and if it hadn't been bad for Mary and Joseph already, he says, oh, hey, by the way, the king's going to try to kill the kid you just had. So you're going to have to go to Egypt. And so he wakes Mary up in the night, which, you know, that's a challenge in and of itself. For me, I would have risked Herod instead of waking Jamie up in the night. I'd be like, we'll go in the morning, Lord. Like, I either die at her hands or I die at his hands. I'm going to risk the morning. Uh, but, but he wakes her up in the morning, and they take off to Egypt. We've been talking about the places, and I don't know if you know this or not. Egypt is a part of the Christmas story. We talk about Nazareth, and it means branch, and Jesus, the Messiah, was a branch of Jesse. He was, he was a descendant of David. We talked about Bethlehem. Bethlehem means house of bread. So it's just fitting that the bread of life was born in the house of bread. But then Egypt's thrown in here. Mary and Joseph are running for their lives. I mean, if it's not enough to have the Messiah, the Son of God, as a 15-year-old, that'd be complicated. And now that kid, someone's trying to kill. I mean, can you imagine this? What's going through their heads like, we can't let anybody kill the Son of God. Like, we're out of here. This is a lot of pressure. And, and so they begin their journey, and this is what we've been talking about in this series, is that a miracle usually is not instantaneous. Although it happens, although we believe it, most of the miracles that God's working in and of our lives is a miracle that is in process or a miracle in motion. It's a miracle in motion. Your kids ever gotten a fight and, and one says one thing and another says a different? There's a, there's a verse in Proverbs that says, every story is true until you hear the other side. And that is the truth. If you have kids and you know, it's like, wait, he did what? Then you go to this one, like, wait, he did what? And what's true? And, and this, this is the truth of the matter. Everybody has their own experiences and their own narrative of the experiences that happen. I, I was listening to a message by Bishop T.D. Jakes a long time ago, and he said this. He said that he loves Los Angeles. He loves L.A. 
And he just, man, he loves it. He loves going there, loves visiting there, loves hanging out there. And, and he said that his brother, same mom and dad, his brother hates L.A. Like can't stand going to L.A. They're, they're like, they're the same. Same mom and dad, same family. One hates L.A. and one loves it. And he tells the story that his brother hates L.A. because he went to L.A. when he was really young and he was poor and he had to stay with people that he didn't want to stay with, and he, had to, he didn't have a job. And the experience and the memories that he has of L.A. are very bad. Bad areas, bad experiences, bad circumstances. He's never going back. He hates L.A. And then Bishop T.D. Jakes, he never went to L.A. till he was older, till after he'd sold a lot of books and done a lot of deals and made a lot of, mo- made a lot of money. And so when he went to L.A., he loved L.A. Stayed at Beverly Hills. I mean, just like the nicest hotels, ate at the nicest restaurants. He's like, why would you not like L.A.? Same city, same family, same parents, completely different experiences. You ever found that to be true? Like, I I could say a couple experiences right now, and some of you are going to get excited, and some of you are going to get stressed out. Watch. Disneyland. (laughs) See, it worked. All the dads are breaking out in hives. The moms are like, when can we go? Right? I mean, it's like, you ever, you ever really thought about the concept of Disneyland, the happiest place on earth? And have you ever walked in and looked around at the kids' faces to see if it's actually really happy? You've never seen more crying, screaming kids, slash parents, than at Disneyland. Now, I believe it's the happiest place on earth. I love it. We love it. We're probably going soon. But my experience... And maybe someone else's experience might be totally different. Same place, different experiences. If you say Disneyland to Pastor Steve, he'll break out in hives. Because he had a bad experience in sweltering heat, waiting in long lines for a 13-second ride. Kids are screaming, crying, only to get in line and do it again. Leave the park exhausted and mad. No one's even talking to each other and say, let's do this again. We're weird. Like, humans are just weird. Think, what about this? Las Vegas. Some of you are like, I've never been. Yeah, right. I'm in church. I can't even talk about the. Jamie and I, we love Las Vegas. And we were telling some friends this a while back. We're like, oh, yeah, we we love going to Las Vegas. And they're like, you do? Sin City? Do you even step foot in that place? I'm like, yeah, we're bringing our kids. Oh, my God. My experience and their experience in Las Vegas is totally different. We go to bed at 9. We wake up early, walk the streets, and there's only a couple stragglers left over from the, from the night before. Just say hello to them and keep on walking. But, but our experience has been different. Great food, great hotels, great deals. We have great friends that live there. We love Las Vegas. But a lot of people would never step foot in Las Vegas in their lives. It's different experiences. Same places, same, same locale, same, some people, the same family, but completely different experiences. Jamie and I were talking to a counselor. Pray for us. Uh, it's a joke. It's a joke. Uh, but we were talking to a counselor, and, and he said, everybody lives in their own experiential reality. Right? Have you heard this? Like, like you, you can have an experience, and, and that's, that's not to say it's not the truth. It's your experience. Nobody can tell you that's not your experience. It's your experience. It's how you feel about it. Your own experiential reality. Now, I want to tell you this as we talk about this miracle emotion 
everybody's journey has a different experiential reality. You may think your life is better than someone else's or worse than someone else's. might not be the truth, but it's your experiential reality. You ever been on Instagram? Especially this time of year, it's like everybody is obsessed with Christmas except for us. Everybody has money except for us. Everybody decorated their house except for us. You know, you feel awful because you're looking at a snapshot of reality. In fact, I was laughing about our own picture. We posted this picture the other day. I posted this picture, and the boys in their pajamas, and, and they're up by this Believe sign, you know, at the Polar Express. And, and um, we, we went out there. That was one of our adventures, two-and-a-half-hour drive, our train ride, two-and-a-half-hour back. It's incredible. <laughs> Different experiential realities. And, and so we got this picture, and, and, and I was actually, then one of the other nights, we went to one of these lights, you know, you drive through, whatever, and, and we're taking pictures, and you look at the pictures, you, man, you would think we had the best time, but no, like, you wouldn't know the before story and after story. Literally, we were in a line of cars, trying to get into this place, and I'm like, okay, one more, and they're right there in the front row. I'm like, one more time, I'm pulling this thing over. I don't care how many people are honking, we're going to pull this car over, but when you look at the picture... You're like, man, look at them enjoying Christmas, which we are, but there's more to the story. I'm just telling you, there is more to the story. And I think that if we're not careful, we can get obsessed with other people's journey, and we can forget that everybody has a journey and experience, pain and joy of their own. And we've got to respect those journeys while understanding that God is working in the midst of all of them. And although our journeys are different and our experiential realities are different, our destination is the same. And it's this, that Jesus came for us. He came for all of us, not with peace, not with hope, but as peace and as hope and as life. He doesn't contain these things. He is these things. So although our miracles might be in motion, although we may be in some process, the destination is the same. And that's really what I want to talk about. All throughout scripture, it is prophecies of the Messiah that was to come. Speaking of different places and different happenings that Jesus or the Messiah had to fulfill. In fact, we talk about Nazareth, and in Matthew chapter 2, verse 23, it says, And he went and lived in a town called Nazareth. So was fulfilled what was said through the prophets that he would be called a Nazarene. We talked about Nazareth. Bethlehem, Micah chapter 5, verse 2. But you, Bethlehem, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. Bethlehem. And then now today, we're talking about Egypt, Hosea chapter 11, verse 1. It says, when Israel was a child, I loved him, and out of Egypt, I called my son. Now, if you didn't know the story of Christmas, and you just read the prophecies, you would be very confused right now. You are going to be from Dallas, and you're going to be from Seattle, and you're going to be from L.A. Like, What? That's, you're going to be from Bethlehem, and you're going to be from Nazareth, and you're going to be from Egypt. Mary and Joseph were like, how do we do this? But God was working in the midst of their situation and had a miracle that was in motion. 
He was working behind the scenes to make good of the evil that the enemy was trying to do and trying to accomplish. And all the while, Jesus was born in Bethlehem, was from Nazareth, and escaped to Egypt. That's called a miracle in motion. The, the experiential realities will not make sense. If you try to make sense of the pain in your life, it's not going to make sense. If you try to make sense of loss, you are going to drive yourself crazy. If you're going to try to make sense of why they did this or they did that, you are going to drive yourself insane. We all have different experience realities, but the trust factor is this, that God is working in the process to bring me to his expected end. Let me give you a couple things about a miracle in motion. A miracle in motion will always have detours. Be encouraged. A miracle in motion will always have detours. That is where I am now and where I see that God is taking me somewhere in that journey, there will be a detour. There will be an unexpected happening. This, this happened for Mary and Joseph. It says, when they had gone, in verse 13, we read this, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. He's having dreams again. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Egypt was a detour. It had nothing to do with what they knew about Jesus' future. It was a detour. But that detour was God's direction. It was God directing them. What looked like a detour to them was actually God's direction working in their life, which would be encouraging for many of us because when we see detours, we can oftentimes get discouraged. But a detour oftentimes is God directing us around things that would have slowed us down. You, 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 ever, you ever been on Google Maps and you're trying to go somewhere and this, I love this when this happens, this little notification pops up and says, a faster route has been found. Like as you know, click that thing. We I want a faster route now. I love that. I, I I don't love detours, but the reason that detours are so frustrating is it takes you around something that you normally would have went through. But God, in His foreknowledge, knows what lies ahead of us. So instead of us dying on the way that we've always been, he brings us and directs us on detours to make sure we get to where he's taking us. Does this make sense to anybody? Have you ever felt like you've hit some detours on your miracle in motion? What looked like a detour was God's direction. A miracle in motion, this is another one, another encouraging one, will experience delays. Delays. It'll experience delays. I, I told you about a recent flight uh, a couple months ago, a recent flight I was on that kept on getting delayed. Eventually, I had to spend the night in Amarillo, Texas when I was trying to go to Miami, and then I was trying to go home. Amarillo, I'm there when the tornado was hitting here. I'm in Amarillo, Texas, and, and, and I didn't want to be there. And I remember, and I've told some of you this, is, is that I was actually frustrated about the delay, but the delay was actually my protection. And I was mad that I got delayed, but a tornado was hitting the Metroplex. And if I hadn't been delayed, I would have landed in the midst of the tornado. So you can get mad at the delays. But at some point, you have to trust that God is a motion God. He is a process God. He is a completion God. And he's working behind the scenes. I know it feels like a delay right now. I know it feels like a detour 
right now. But God is working in the midst of it to make sure you get to your destination. A miracle in motion, and then it gets better, okay, will fulfill destiny. It'll fulfill destiny. That's what a miracle in motion, it will complete God's plan. The, the end result of a miracle is you right smack dab in the middle of God's will. It is right in the family that God has for you, right in the marriage God has planned for you, right in the job, right in the ministry. You're right there. There's no better place to be, by the way, than smack dab in the middle of God's will. His, his miracle for you is right there in his will. And a miracle in motion will fulfill destiny. That's what we see with Jesus is Jesus was fulfilling prophecy. He was fulfilling this destiny. I got good news for you. God was working way before you were ever born. Now he's working with us while you're here. But God's still going to be working after you're gone. Which tells me that God's way bigger than my understanding. He's way bigger than my thoughts. He's way bigger than my comprehension. If he's that big that he was working before my life began, he's working with my small life that I have, and he's going to work after this life is gone. God is bigger than I am. He's smarter than I am. He has more knowledge than I am. So I have to trust him in delays and detours that God is going to fulfill his destiny. His destiny. Because Romans chapter 8, and we've said this all series, Romans chapter 8, verse 28 says, and you should have it memorized by now, and we know that in all things God works for the good. The, he works for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So how do you get God working for your good? Love him. That's it. There's, there's no add-in. When you said yes to Jesus, you were called according to his purpose. That's it. You're in. And do you love him? Good. Now he's working. In other words, he has started the miracle in motion. He is beginning something in your life. Now, I got, I, I got to give you this because I, I was thinking about this, and this is just kind of how I live, is I like things neat and orderly. I don't know how you open presents, but if I had it my way... We would open a present, we would throw away all of the garbage from that present, we would discard the box, discard the ribbons, we would open the present, play with the present, and we could have peace in the home. That's my experiential reality. I'm married to a different experiential reality, which is Christmas! So we've tried to find some happy mediums, but I like things in order. That's just like, that's just how I'm wired. I like, even in my notes, I've got these notes, and I don't know if you noticed this or not, but, but all those main points start with D. That wasn't an accident. That was on purpose. That was some preparation. But then I started thinking about this. The first two Ds are delays and detours. And then the Holy Spirit began to speak to me about something. Because for many of us, all we see the plan of God, the miracle of motion, the only way we can see it is in 2D. You know what 2D is? It is the width and it is the length. It is, it is the enormity of your problem and how long you've been in it. It is the delay and it is the detour. It is 2D. I see it in two dimensions. I see the length. I see the width. I see the delay. How many see the delays and see the detour? I mean, you've seen them. It's been a while. You've been in the midst of it. I've seen it. Delays and de two, two, two Ds. Second dimension. 
And I thought, well, what's the third dimension? If, 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 if the second dimension, right, is being able to see length and width, what is the third dimension? Does anybody know what the third dimension is? De depth. The third dimension is depth. So if I don't see depth, I cannot really assess accurately what I'm seeing. So if all I see are delays and all I see are detours, I can't accurately assess the situation. I have to have a third D, a third dimension. The third dimension is depth, or according to this, our third D is destiny. So I have to view my delays and I have to view my detours in light of my God is working for my good and the destiny, does this make sense to anybody? The destiny that he has for my life. I've got to see this Christmas in 3D. I can't just see it in 2D anymore because my 2D vision shows me how long we've been doing it, how big the problem is, but the third dimension allows me to see Depth. Depth perception. What's your depth perception like? When you look at your journey or when you're looking at your miracle in motion, what is your depth perception? To recognize a miracle in motion, you have to see it in 3D. You got to see it in 3D. Now, some people say that there's, then there is some argument on this about the fourth dimension. Does anybody know what the fourth dimension is? Time. That's what most people believe that the fourth dimension is time. Now, I think this is pretty cool because the only way that I can see my delays and I can see my detours correctly is if I can see them in 3D, which is God's perfect plan. But also, I need a fourth dimension that recognizes God has perfect timing. Ooh, this could change your Christmas. That God has perfect timing. I know this is true because the Bible says in Romans chapter 5, you see at just the right time when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. So Jesus knew when to be, where, and he knew where he was supposed to be. He knew what he was supposed to do. 3D vision says, now I can see the depth. I can see it clear. 4D says, and I trust your timing. Because I don't know about you, but the biggest problem with me is really not even trusting the depth. It's trusting the timing. Because in my clock, it's been a long time. In his clock, maybe not so long. I'm sure for Mary and Joseph, there was some confusion why they had to stay, how long they did. I don't know if you caught that in the text. It said they had to stay in Egypt until Herod died. I mean, I got some ulterior plans that I could give to God. Like, hey, great plan, waiting for old age. Have you heard of murder? <laughs> you know? I mean, like, sometimes I feel like I could really be a good help to God. Because I'm like, yeah, you could just let this guy, like, live on. He's probably going to be 150, got essential oils going. I mean, the dude is like, I had to say something good because last week I said something bad and y'all were offended. And I love oils, all right? And, and this guy's going to live forever. God, like, you could just end it, right? We could poison him. I mean, I can even give you ideas. Like, you know, he has a mid-afternoon snack. Let's poison it. It's over. We can come back to Nazareth. But for some reason... The timing wasn't right. So he had to stay in Egypt until Herod 
had died. I was thinking this is kind of just off the topic just a little bit, but sometimes you just have to outlast dysfunction. I mean, when you're facing, when you need a miracle and you're facing problems, sometimes you just got to outlast it. Eventually, the haters are going to die. It's going to be all right. Don't fight them. Outlast them. Don't, don't get in their faces. Just live happy and just outlast them. I'll tell you, they will self-destruct. People that are out to get you will self-destruct. And if you can just stay happy... And if you can just keep seeing things in 3D, that I see them as a delay and I see them as a detour, but I also see God's perfect plan, so I'm just going to let it go because I also understand the fourth dimension that says this, that in God's perfect timing, I can trust that timing. I can trust his timing. See, what's really interesting about, about depth is that in order to have depth, and someone can come to the keys, in order to have depth, you also have to have right light. And I found this out the hard way because I, I told the story years ago. I, I w- I, when I was growing up, I made my own room. We had, a, we had a big family and a small house. And I'm like, Dad, I need part of the garage. I'm making my own room. And he's like, we live in Washington State. It's very cold. I'm like, it's all right. I'll get a, I'll get a propane heater and I'll blast that thing in there. It's probably bad for my brain and everything. But anyways... I got office cubicles for free and uh, made up little dividers, made my own little room in there. It's awesome. And only problem is sometimes I get a little scared because our garage door didn't lock. And, and so I'd be laying in there and I'm just like, I think I hear things. I'm not sure. And one night I woke up. And you know when you wake up and you just you know something's not right? I woke up and I'm just like, my heart's just pounding. I'm like, okay, something, something is not right. And I look over by the garage door and there is like this dude in a hood bent over by the, by the door to the house. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is, this is happening. And I had, this is sad to admit, but I was, I was you know, like kind of a scaredy cat. So I kept a battle axe next to my bed that I got on a mission trip to Scotland. I bought it. They let me get it on the plane. And so I slept with that thing right there. So I grabbed that battle axe and I'm like, okay, what's the plan? What's the plan? I'm like, do I lay here and let him murder me? Because that's almost sounding like a better option than anything. Do I jump up and try to fight this dude, you know? And, and so I'm like, my plan was, I don't know if it's brave or not, but like, turn on the light, see what I'm working with. He's small, battle axe him. Big dude, run! So I count to three, leap out of the bed, go to the light, flip the light on, swing around with the battle axe. <laughs> and that was my battle axe, if you didn't. I don't know if that's good or bad, but it felt, it felt kind of good. Uh, and somebody had hung a hooded sweatshirt over the top of the broom and leaned it up against the wall. My heart's like, thank God I have a room by myself because I would never have lived that down if my brother was in there. And what's crazy is in that dark place, I could only see 2D. I had no depth perception because I didn't have light. If you don't have light, you will never see situations accurately. Your mind will play with you in the dark. Those problems look crazy in the dark. That's why Jesus declared about himself in John chapter 8 verse 12, I am the light of the world. That's what he said. In Matthew chapter 4, it says the people living in darkness have seen 
a great light on those living in the land of the shadow of death. A light has dawned. That light is to help your 3D vision so you can understand there may be detours, there may be delays, but I understand the destiny of heaven and that God has a plan for my life. And because of his light, I can judge the depth and I can recognize God's working for my good. He's going to bring me through this. And I understand his timing because that's the fourth dimension. And I recognize that he will in perfect time come through for me so I can trust the miracle that is in motion. John chapter 8 verse 12, I didn't read the last part of it, it says this, it says, whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Just check this out. So Jesus will shine his light on your life? No. He gives you light. So now I will have the light of life. I never have to run from shadows anymore. Reminds me of scripture. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the... Oh, it's... Did you ever think about that? It's not even death. It's a shadow. It looks like... It looks like death. It's not death. It look, so what do you need when you have a shadow? A light. And Jesus said, I see you walking in darkness, so I'm coming now as the light so that you can have depth perception. How do you survive these crazy holidays? Not by looking at all the delays and detours in your family. You gotta see the destiny and the timing and recognize with the light that God's given you that there's beautiful depth to this picture and you can trust that he's working for your good it's not a miracle hand delivered it's not a miracle amazon primed it is a miracle that is in motion thanks for listening to the church 1132 broadcast you can join us live every sunday during our worship experience or at church 1132.com